Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk, we talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's guilty movie pleasures. <laughs> the joke's on us today, guilty movie pleasure fans, because we decided to cover Suicide Squad. Hey, welcome to Guilty Movie Pleasures. I'm your host, Ben Begley, and with me as always... Jesse McIntosh. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to figure out what, was, what we had going on cheers, back there. Cheers, or... Oh, that, that was, was it. That laugh. was his laugh. That was the laugh. I couldn't even... Yeah, I didn't even... I didn't get it, even out of... Uh, after <laughs> just doing it. Uh, we're back. We're back this week again, two weeks in a row. We're back. What's that as a about? team. I don't know. Feels strange. Something will thwart it. Feels strange. Feels... Feels right. Yeah. So, uh, if you're just joining us, um, we appreciate you. We appreciate you giving uh, giving us your time. And if you've been here before, thanks for coming back. Basically, the gist of this show, which I haven't ever explained. I don't even now know. Now's as good a time as any. 184 let's, episodes in. Let's really set the ground rules for everybody. We like to pick a movie that could be considered a guilty movie pleasure. And from here on out, what we're going to do is, at the end of the show, mm-hmm. we will rate it as if it's... Uh, guilty and not pl- pl- guilty and terrible. Yeah. So just guilty. Yep. If it's a guilty pleasure, or if it's guilty but awesome. Yeah. So like John Wick would be guilty awesome because there's guilty moments in it, but it's awesome. It doesn't matter. Face off, guilty awesome. Guilty pleasure would be uh, um, Con Air. Well, that's guilty awesome too. What's a guilty pleasure? I should know. <laughs> One of the 184. Ah, Broken Arrow is host, more guilty pleasure. No, guilty that's a guilty pleasure. The problem what is, is a guilty pleasure? The problem is I think everything's guilty awesome. Yeah. So I'm a bad judge yeah. of this. That's We're going to see how it goes. That's fair. Hey, if you're new, that was a terrible way for me to describe our show. <laughs> We're Listen. We're still figuring it out. <laughs> we, don't, we haven't talked about this show up until this point. Up until this moment. So we're we're figuring out with you guys. Yeah. So we're talking about Suicide Squad today uh, in honor of Birds of Prey that came out this weekend. I saw Birds of Prey opening night with my wife, and uh, I thought it was great. I thought it was everything I wish this movie was. Uh, we were talking about how the stunts were done by Chad Stahelski, the stunt uh, coordinator and co-director of the first John Wick movie. All the action is fantastic. You can It's all in wide shots. And it has epic moments of slow-mo without getting, like, masturbatory with the slow motion where it's just too much of it. It just accents the really cool moments. Harley Quinn's great. Uh, Black Canary's great. Huntress is great. Renee Montoya. Everybody, and Ewan McGregor is an awesome villain. Something this movie severely lacks. Mm. And Ewan McGregor, I mean, the audience was cracking up one minute and then you're terrified by him the next. Because he's a dark character in this movie. And I can't say enough good things about Birds of Prey, and it's doing terrible at the box office by box office standards. So please go see it. If you're a fan of kick-ass comic book movies, and you want to see more content that isn't just a bunch of dudes in capes, you want to see some more anarchy, some more violence, some more female-driven content, it's so much fun. Now that I've said that, on to Suicide Squad. Which I will say, when I first saw it, um, I waited a few days because it got terrible reviews and it got just dumped on. And I was like, oh, I don't, this is going to suck. And so Renee and I went again. Hey, both times she was pregnant, this time and last time. <laughs> so, How about that? Yeah. Do you think there's a correlation there? Maybe. <laughs> there's a Harley Quinn movie every time. This is the I don't, two and done, though. So, oh, sorry, Margot Robbie. Sorry, Margot Robbie. Find something else to do. <laughs> 
No, keep doing Once Harley Quinn. Once upon a time movies. in Hollywood too. Don't base it on when my wife is pregnant, Harley Quinn, Margot Robbie. Um, but so I remember when I saw this movie in theaters, because my expectations were so low, I ended up having a blast with it. I walked away being like, ah, oh, the villain was st- stupid. Just from the first viewing, I was like, the Enchantress being the villain was dumb as hell, and the third act was really ridiculous. But I enjoyed the first half and the setup of the characters. And at the time, before I saw Joaquin Phoenix's Joker, I was okay with Jared Leto's Joker. But this was the kind of movie that, like, like a parasite, <laughs> got in my brain and ate away at it after a while, where the more I thought about this movie, the more it annoyed me. And seeing it again, I tried to watch it with an open mind, and it was more frustrating the second time around, for sure. I still found things I liked, which we'll get into, mm-hmm. but it was... Especially seeing Birds of Prey, which I think is how this movie wanted to be, it just points out the flaws of this more. Now I'm interested to hear what Jesse thought, because you hadn't seen it before, right? I hadn't seen it for Did you have any I- for similar reason. Well, first of all, my wife hadn't been pregnant. So <laughs> how how was I That's supposed to see this movie? Uh, but That's the only way you can see per it. the requirements of this podcast, I uh, I did see the movie Sans Pregnancy, mm-hmm. um, and I uh, of course had heard the reviews as well that this was not a good movie. Um, so I went in with similarly low expectations, yep. and uh, this movie somehow uh, played limbo <laughs> with my expectations no and went underneath them, and I wasn't I wasn't prepared for that. Um, there, there isn't much about this movie that I like. Mm-hmm. It brought up many more questions for me than it answered. Which we're going to play a fun game today called Ben and Jesse Try to Fill in the Giant Plot Holes yeah, of there, this movie. There are like plot holes to the point of like, what is the point of this? <laughs> what is the point of this? Why is there a Suicide Squad? <laughs> Yeah. What they it was never explained. There was no urgency to it. It was loosely explained in the first five minutes. But I have a counter question okay. that if okay. anyone in that room would have asked, they would have been like, "You know what? You're right. Keep what's, these people in jail." What's your counter question? Where are the f- Where are the heroes? Yeah. This is a whole universe based off of heroes, and they never once were like Batman's on paid time yeah. off. Superman's technically dead. Sure, right now. but where are the rest of them? Yeah. There's a whole Justice League, right? Well. They hadn't formed yet. In they the hadn't DC formed, but they're universe. all but individually they there, yes. and no one is fighting crime in this movie except the villains who were in jail. Why? Batman, Why? Batman busts them and puts them into Arkham, but then never shows up to fight the trash sky beam. What is? Is he on vacation? What's maybe, going on? Maybe. Maybe he's tied up. Maybe he was off uh, getting um, Aquaman at he's the just, time, like stopping petty in crime, that fishing village. You, you would know? think that like a pending apocalypse would. Demand Demand attention <laughs> from the people especially who are the sh- me- especially the shit that goes down at the end of this movie, where like they're just blasting carriers and stuff. Oh, we'll get into that. We'll get into so it. So I'm guessing you weren't a fan. So I wasn't a fan. I thought that it struggled tonally. Oh yeah. I well, thought- that's because of the reshoot. They had massive reshoots to make it funnier after the blowback from Batman v Superman, when everybody was like, "It's too dark. It's too serious." I mean, I'm not even talking about that. Like. <laughs> It, <laughs> Angry Jesse is my favorite kind of Jesse on this show. Look, it, it felt like it felt like Will Smith and Margot Robbie were in two entirely different movies, mm-hmm. and they spent a lot of time together. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not even going to blame that on reshoots. Uh, Jared Leto, who um, 
is trying very hard in this movie, suffers from the unfortunate circumstance of being sandwiched by two Oscar winners playing this exact role. Um, and I guess that's not his fault, but also, like, uh, you know, create some motivation for yourself, I suppose. He if has you're no screen time. Like that. He has, like, 11 he minutes. He has no screen time, but he's he's very much, and I'm sure that this harkens back to um, the, the comic and... Uh, the original Joker portrayed in the in canon, um, but it's it is unmotivated and random, and not even like random for the sake of random. Like yeah, like Heath Ledger, I, Heath Ledger Joker was, was like about anarchy. I'm yeah about creating chaos. This was not that. This was I am doing random things, and I don't. No one can understand why, and that's not even the point of me doing them. And the love story, the love story between yeah. him and Harley Quinn is so underdeveloped compared to the comics, where the whole thing is about like just how toxic and terrible their relationship is. And then, the, but Birds of Prey does a great job of the breakup between the two of them in the first act. That's not a spoiler. You see it in the trailers. She even says, "Me and Mister J broke up." So don't worry, don't freak out. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, so yeah. Fan. So there's there's a lot that uh, we will talk about uh, with respect to the decisions that were yeah. made and the product that was put on screen, um, but generally not a fan. The thing is, I wish that the movie was as cool as this poster, mm. and I wish it was as cool as the trailer. My mother-in-law actually got me this for Christmas when it came out, and nice. I was so pumped, And I but I've dreaded re-watching it ever since, and <laughs> turns out I was right. Uh, let's do the plot in under three minutes. Are we ready for that? Yes, we are. Ah! Oh! Ryan, you just appeared! I just appeared. I was like, uh... <laughs> it's like I was Will Smith. I'm in and out. Yeah, Ryan there you back. go. I, I will say that more than any movie we've ever done, um, except for Cats, probably, this movie solicited the most, like, pre-show stop-bys of people being like, Suicide Squad, huh? Yeah. Like, yeah. Are you sure? Are you sure about this? <laughs> yeah. All right, Ryan. Let's do this, buddy. All righty, y'all. Count you in. In three, two, one. Oh God. Okay. So we start off, and uh, Amanda Waller, Viola Davis is is coming in. Like, hey, I got all. I finally figured it out. Task Force X. And then she goes on this while eating steak. Rare. That's a detail. She goes off on this list, and we get like a can't hardly wait baseball stats of each character that's written so sloppily and fast that I could not. I I had to pause them, and then I got. I just gave up. Yep. It's a very brief intro to every character, and then we're told why this is why they need this to counteract these um, metahumans like Superman, and then the witch is like their main one. And this this disturbance happens in a subway. There's a lot of stuff first with the characters being introduced. And Ike Barinholtz, who I think is actually really funny in this movie, being kind of the abusive asshole guard. Mm. And then there's yeah, there's the disturbance in the subway, and the witch immediately turns on everybody. And then she possesses a dude and brings her brother back to life. Two minutes. Fuck. But she no, is. I'm gonna swear during this. She one. is for some run. reason uh, like they have put Joel Kinman on the case to sort of babysit her. And they fall in love. And they fall in love, but they don't take any other precautions. They're I'm just like, so just watch her. <laughs> and and they, so, don't, they don't put a bomb in her neck. No. But they put a bomb in everyone else's neck. In everyone neck. else's neck. And so they're like, and all they, right, and go. And they have an app where it's like, if I press your face, you're dead. Yeah, so then uh, Joel Kinnaman's like, all right, we're going on our mission. and uh, But they, the first mission is because... 
the enchant the, the one of the Suicide Squad. Yeah. Decided to go rogue immediately. Yep. So their first mission is to go out. Wouldn't that immediately negate the suicide? Okay, I'm getting off topic. Sorry. Yep. And then, but actually, their first mission is to go extract Viola Davis yeah. from wherever she is. From the Skybeam City, wherever they are. Yeah. And then she. The gets, Joker shows up the, and tries to free uh, Harley, Harley Quinn, Quinn, and then they shoot him down, and he's dead. Yep. And then they fight a bunch of herpes monsters. Yep. They look like and then bubble skin. The fire guy finally does fire. Oh, and they're like, what was that? Even though there's like a, a witch who's creating demon people, they're like the fire guy. They're like, whoa! <laughs> so then they go and they, they, they fight a bunch more herpes monsters in this abandoned city. Where How everyone evacuated so quickly, I have no idea. Uh, and then they they go and they fight her and the fire guy, they get this big idea that Killer Croc is going to swim and put a bomb underneath them. Because for some reason a bomb can kill a fire demon creature. And then they blow up him and Diablo, which, by the way, he's fire. How does he die sure. from a bomb? Sure. And then they stab the heart, they rip the heart out. And kill the witch, and then Cara Delevingne is back five, as four, five, and then they all go back two, to jail. Yep. One. Mm. Time's up. Okay, so <laughs> just just for DCEU fans, because I know there's a lot of you, and I'm one of them. I know after this episode, you may not believe me. But I do like the DCEU. I really liked Man of Steel. I think the Batman v Superman Ultimate Cut is actually a really cool movie for the most part. There's issues I still have with it, but the three-hour cut fleshes out a lot of the plot holes. I love Wonder Woman. I love Birds of Prey. I love Aquaman. I love Shazam. So I am a fan. So before anybody gets super pissed about the rest of this episode, I am a fan of DCEU, and I want them to continue making movies. More in line with the last four they've done, because I think that's what saves DC and separates them from Marvel is they don't need to be interconnected and build up to these Avengers type events these kind of like character driven one movies with loose tie-ins like Shazam, Birds of Prey and Aquaman are more fun can, that's can what I, I want to say can I just say also yeah. like you're allowed to like something without yeah. Being a hundred percent in on a hundred percent of it, but it seems like you can't. In but this so day and age. it's okay to say that this movie didn't work for me, but I still am a general fan of yeah. DC Comics or the yeah. DCEU, whatever yeah. the case may be. Doesn't have to be like, a be all end all. It doesn't. You don't have to like to the death defend every I feel single like fandom thing. Fandom nowadays is in absolutes. Get over that. No, yeah, right? It's fine. Yeah. It's fine that this didn't work. Yeah, it's fine. So before we get into what didn't work, yes. we're going to take a couple minutes here because that's probably all it'll take. Uh, we'll go back and forth trying okay. to list things we liked. Should okay. I start? I want to start because start. I don't want you to take the one thing that I liked. At this <laughs> Perfect. Go. Uh, I think it's pretty clear based on the past few episodes that we've done that I have a huge soft spot in my heart for Will Smith. Yep. Will Smith is incredible in this movie. He, he's got a lot of heart. Too. He's got a lot of heart. He's the only character they give a backstory. He's the only character who has a glimmer of he might not be all bad. A total piece of shit. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, there is some goodness in him, and he is capable of making the decision when to be good and when to do the job that he's best yeah. at. He's also super badass when he takes out, even though the monsters are faceless herpes creatures, it's super fun when he's uh, blasted. He blasts like 90 of them in that one sequence yes. on top of the cop car. He's very funny. Mm -hmm. He's great in the action sequences. I think he plays off every single other character in this movie very, very well. He adapts well, yeah, for sure, to He's, the varying tones. I wish that this movie would have only been about Will Smith. Deadshot? Okay. Um, 
And now you go. I think Harley Quinn, uh, the building blocks for she is fantastic in Birds of Prey. Mm -hmm. In this one, she's not given as much to do, but I feel like Margot Robbie's essence as Harley Quinn really shines, and it's fun. There's an anarchy to it. Her The problem is her lines aren't written that well, so she gets a lot of really not great jokes, but Margot Robbie still shines through. That's how talented she is, mm-hmm. is that she still shines through all the bad writing and made people want to do a solo film of Harley Quinn. That's how good she is in this movie, is that she can save total shit material and get a spinoff on her own. I would also say Captain Boomerang, Jai Courtney is a tough sell for me in almost everything. And maybe it's because he's always playing these straight-laced, like, macho heroes, like in Terminator Genesis when he's Kyle Reese. But in this, him being let loose is this, like, total Aussie, alcoholic, weirdo criminal. I thought he was a lot of fun. Um, I thought that... And that's about... That's about it. That's yeah. About, and J- Jared Leto, when I first saw him, like I said, when I first saw him, I enjoyed it. But just the thing I never liked was the grills and the stupid tattoos, like damaged. I'm getting into things I don't like. Sorry. Yeah. So so far, Harley Quinn, Deadshot, and Captain Boomerang. So I let me just say this about Harley Quinn and yeah. Boomerang. Um, I I didn't mind Jai Courtney's performance at all, but yeah. similar to your um, criticism about Harley Quinn. I, I feel like the only thing they gave him to do was uh, be the guy that's like, I'm getting out of here. I'm getting out of here. And, and I'm he going to drink did a beer. Just over and over and over again. And I, I wish they would have given him more to do because yeah. he he would have infused it with a, just a different energy. Yeah. Um, Harley Quinn is the one thing that I knew was good about this movie. Um, it's the only thing that people took away from it, yeah. I think. Um, and so, like... On on the other side of the spectrum of my expectations for the movie were my expectations for Harley Quinn, and it to me just felt a little bit like a cartoon in a movie that wasn't sure it was a cartoon. That's why Birds of Prey is perfect for her because yeah. it's more. It literally starts off with an animated prologue, yeah, you know, and it's much more bombastic and weird and goofy. This one, the tone, the problem isn't Harley Quinn in this movie; it's the tone of the overall movie she's in. Sure, doesn't match. Her energy, sure. And Margot Robbie is great. And I think someone, uh, one of our uh, fans, put it on Twitter. the The scene where she's sitting on top of the cop car and waiting for everyone to yeah. leave the building, and they give her that like five seconds of humanity, yeah. was one of the most powerful moments of the movie. If you can qualify any yeah. moment in this movie as powerful, but like giving her just that little bit and like what she as a performer was able to do with that moment in such a short amount of time was really remarkable. Yeah. Um, and I just wish that there was more of it. Another positive, if we didn't have this movie mm-hmm. and if it wasn't, um, I also think that if we, if DC didn't, if the DCEU didn't fail quote unquote with some of their bigger concept movies, we wouldn't have gotten these, smaller, more uh, risk-taking movies. Like, Birds of Prey is a $90 million R-rated, five female leads, badass action movie. We wouldn't have had that had these giant Batman v Superman, like, mega franchises, quote-unquote, failed by box office standards. So I think that... And this, Suicide Squad was supposed to be their Guardians of the Galaxy. And it tanked. So because of them realizing they played it too safe on this movie... They were able to go edgier with other things, but I also think the Deadpool, Logan, stuff like that paved the way. 
I will say there are moments in the prologues that are cool where they build up the backstory of the characters. The problem is they rush through it all. Like, I liked seeing Harley Quinn and Joker driving around and get busted by Batman and then Joker leaving her and and um, then Batman punching her underwater and, like, all that and taking her in. I wanted more buildup for each character mm-hmm. um, because some of the first half hour is a lot of fun. And I think all the stuff with Ike Barinholtz, and maybe it's just because I've worked with him and he's a super nice dude, but I also think he's really funny in this movie and a total sleazebag. And... Uh, I, I pulled a couple of his of his lines from it, but I liked his performance a lot, and I liked uh, moments of other people as well. I, I, the biggest thing I couldn't get around is you need a good villain, or you need heroes that we are so invested in that we are along for the ride. That's where like Marvel, when they have bad villains, at least they have heroes that we've we've kind of grown to love more. Right. So this is kind of lacking on both ends. Here's the problem with doing a team up movie like this is where we don't know anyone. We don't know anyone. You have to have like a laundry list of comic book knowledge to even remotely know what the hell is going on in this. But you can't rely on that if you're expecting for it to do well in mass. Mm -hmm. And they, they spent literally half of an hour introducing all of these people to us and it's like and then they immediately go on a mission and then the last hour and 15 minutes of the movie is an extended action sequence yeah and they didn't didn't spend any time doing the work of the actual movie because they had to spend so much time doing the work to give us these characters Mm -hmm. that no one knows who they are and frankly like they don't really pay off with personality in the end so really they're just like blank faces and baseball cards that they're showing us and they're like this is a bad guy trust us (laughs) It's like, okay, but then why do I care about that? That's a perfect segue to our first sound clip, where Viola Davis tells these two, I guess, unnamed um, government officials what she's found. Clip number one. Okay, first off. What does I've eaten a lot of canaries mean? I don't know. Like, she's just, she's won a lot of, the cat that ate the canary, you're celebrating your victory. So I guess she's had a lot of victories. I guess. Or she's a hungry cat. She's a hungry cat. If only Viola Davis was in Cats. (laughs) She could tell us. They're looking like the cat that ate the canary. She could tell us that cats are not dogs. Canaries. I'm I'm so confused by that. Dogs. Are they not? (laughs) I don't know. I've eaten a lot of canaries. So we we didn't mention Viola Davis no. as a pro for this movie. No. A, she's I love Viola Davis as an actress. Yes. I think she's fantastic. Yes. And I think the actions she's playing in this movie and her her persona is good, but everything she's given as a character, her motivations, and I'm just gonna skip ahead to the rescue scene. Do it. Because there's a moment where this whole first mission is building up to getting an asset out of there and she's in this computer room with all these other techies that work for the government and before the suicide squad comes in she for no reason no she does this in front of Deadshot and Rick Flagg uh, 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 Joel Kinnaman's character she just full on shoots everybody in the office point blank for no reason and then they're like dang she's cold and he's like yeah you you have no idea and it's like what these are like five innocent people that you just murdered, and her justification is that they didn't have the clearance for this. Yeah. How are we supposed to root for anyone in this movie now? We can't. There's no... 
We can't. I guess it's to make us root for the Suicide Squad, but, like, oh, God. It's like that is such a weird, like, you can tell they're like, this is going to be a bold thing we do. And instead it's like, what the, f- why did you do that? I, look, this is so. Uh, I think I went pee when I saw it in theaters and came back and Renee was like, oh, she shot everybody. And I was like, what? And so when I saw it this time, I was like, no, that it, is dumb. It led to like a legitimately five full minutes of me not paying attention to the movie and being like, <laughs> "Are is she, has she gone bad? Like. Is she a bad guy? Are we going to need to kill Viola Davis now? Because at the end, it's just like, nope. No. She sends them back to jail and is still a government employee. And no one asks questions about why did did five government employees take bullets to the head? Um, In front of Rick Flagg, who who we've built up that he's the moral compass of the group. And then he's not going to report this. He's just going to turn a blind eye. There's no emotional reaction to it. And also fighting an enemy that I don't, they don't have gun. Like the ones that were fighting hand to hand were not fighting with guns, right? I don't so know. what are those? Okay. Let's, uh, okay. We gotta, we so gotta it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We got to take it back. Wait, I, so okay. here's what I want to say is that, uh, <laughs> this is the comp of this movie for me. I a lot of canaries. Yeah, l- listen, that's uh, useless information. Uh, the comp is Con Air or The Rock, right? Where you have, like, we need yeah. these bad guys yeah. to do a good thing. Yeah. But they spend the first half of their movie setting up why they need, why they need the bad guys. Why they have to have them. And the one person that they sell the entire government on is the witch and her powers. Right. And if this is... But, okay. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Angry. I love when you have to collect yourself. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to throw this fucking microphone. But... I bleep myself. But so... She's convincing the government Mm -hmm. that you need a suicide squad for a potential danger. Which, of like another Superman right, style uh, person, but it's it's all theoretical mm-hmm. when she's selling it to them. There's no like, there's a witch who is taking down the world as we speak. We need the Suicide Squad. She's saying, "What if there's a bad Superman?" And they're like, "Yeah, all right, free the five worst criminals that we have in jail right now." And there, no one asked the question about, um, but. Like, why don't we just use the army? Or, like, we could yeah. maybe handle this in a different way. Or call any of the number of superheroes. And then she be. shows them the heart of the witch, and she, like, exposes the witch to them. And like you said in the—and in the and I texted you, like, they put the explosive in all of the Suicide Squad. Except and they the never most dangerous one. In the most dangerous one that they were just, like, observing, and she was out of jail. A demonic, ancient, evil witch. Right. Who possessed a doctor who, or I, an archaeologist, and whatever. what makes it worse is the only way to kill them is exploding them. <laughs> and that's what you have at your disposal. Yeah. You could just put an explosive in her. But because the doctor is innocent, I guess that's why they didn't, and they thought that they had... They thought that their exploding neck bomb was the heart. They never thought that maybe this witch who can teleport anywhere in the world could teleport and steal the heart. Well, why? Right. Uh, I would argue that that is the... I'm going to fill this plot hole for you. Please do it. With a bunch of uh, plot cement. Yeah. All right? So I think it's the tragic flaw of Viola Davis's character. Mm -hmm. She has hubris. Like in Greek mythology, she is too... 
she, her ego is too big. She thinks she's um, she can't be touched. She's infallible. Right. And so she thinks this will never fail. My task force X is perfect. And then it fails immediately, which would then make you think maybe they shouldn't use the other criminals because one of them already went rogue. Maybe just call the superheroes. You know what this is the equivalent of? Mm-hmm. If getting if, punched in the face over and over <laughs> again instead of watching a film. Well, if I were to say to you, like, we're about to get on a boat, right? Mm-hmm. And the number one thing you should be worried about when you get on a boat is drowning. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to set you on fire, <laughs> just so you don't drown. <laughs> That's so stupid. This the premise of this movie is so stupid, and it's it could have so easily been cleared up yeah. with just a brief conversation yeah. of like, or more urgency of like, this is why we need to do it now. This is Jesse's face right now. Oh my god! The biggest thing. Okay, then we got to get into more plots. Yes. But the biggest thing that even when I walked out of the theater, what I thought was how much more interesting this movie would have been mm-hmm. if the Joker was the main villain. If. The second this Suicide Squad was formed, there's a big threat. There's a MacGuffin threat in this city. You can still have these weird... They can be people that have, like, henchmen or whatever. It's not, like, bubbly-faced people. It's henchmen that are running around this crime city. You don't know who's at the top. Mm -hmm. Like the Raid Redemption or Dread, you know, where they're they're fighting their way through this city. And then the big reveal and the halfway point of the movie is that it's the Joker. And Harley Quinn, at that point betrays her own team to save the Joker and let him escape. And then she has to deal with those ramifications and decide if she's good or bad at that moment. And then the rest of the movie is them tracking down the Joker and defeating him before he does this world-ending thing because we care about, <clears throat> or we should have cared about the Joker and Harley Quinn's relationship and their and their conflict. And he's an awesome, complex villain mm-hmm. versus Enchantress, who just does hula hoop dancing right and, and and there's a sky beam of trash and the, they never explain what any of it is they never explain why all these cops are seduced by her or whatever and go into this sky beam and become bubble creatures Mm-mm. nothing makes sense nope so we're gonna move on and do uh clip number two is how they explain uh deadshot what they did with deadshot so now we have the man who never misses where'd you put him Let's just say I put him in the hole and threw away the hole. <laughs> it, it, it seems like he's actually just in regular jail. <laughs> it does. It does seem that. Like solitary confinement, but yeah, with, regular jail. With Ike Barinholtz as your guard. Yeah. Which, actually, this is one of my favorite lines from Ike Barinholtz. So he, um, he, they, this is when they're first training the Suicide Squad. They're letting them train. They're showing uh, the other government officials and stuff and the other soldiers that are going to work with them what they can do. And Deadshot pulls the gun and immediately points it at Ike Barinholtz, who's been a total dick to him the entire movie mm-hmm. up until now. Let's play clip number three. Ames, if this man shoots me, I want you to kill him. And I want you to go clear my browser history. It's <laughs> <laughs> such a funny line. Oh, man. I mean, just use incognito or private browser, you know? Sure. Come on, buddy. Sure. There are ways around this. <laughs> I do sometimes think about that, like, just in general, like, after we die, like, when people go through your shit and just, like, we all have something strange. It doesn't have to be browser history, but, like, some dumb thing even where they're like, why did they keep this? Like, right, right, right. Well, even browser history, like, if you're, it, it could be taken totally out of context. Yeah. If you're, like, looking something up for someone, yeah. or if you're just, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I'm not saying, look, clear my browser history. <laughs> clear mine, too. Just clear it. Let's just get rid of let's it. Let's just all yeah. clear your browser history uh-huh. every few days, just for safety's sake. 
Um, so then we had all these flashbacks, like we said. Uh, Batman shows up for a little bit. The Flash shows up. I would have loved more of that. I think all that stuff was really cool. Um, the Joker finds out that Harley Quinn is being broken out of jail and that she's going to be part of this task force to go find this witch. Which, by the way, we saw that the witch, after she stole her heart... Or no, she didn't steal her heart yet. No, but she escaped... And then she went and possessed a random person, yep. somebody we don't know, have no context for, and made reincarnated her brother. Mm-hmm. But we never know what her, who she really is, who her brother is. We just know they're ancient evil demon things yep. from a temple. Yep. That's it. Yep. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all it is. So uh, now the Joker's excited because he's going to go free her. And in this scene, not only does he have the red lipstick on, but he also has Sharpied on. This is the problem with this Joker. It's all so overt. He has a tattoo that says damaged. He has ha 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 on him. He has, in this scene, he's Sharpied on a bigger smile. He has a smiley face on his hand that he he puts... Oh, Common. We forgot Common has a cameo and then gets shot immediately. Yeah. Uh, I guess because he was friends with the director. Who knows? But let's play the Joker laugh. Okay, well, that happened. We can move on. Cool. Uh, (laughs) To do the John Oliver. Yeah. Cool. Cool. (laughs) So, um... But there are glimmers of hope in here. Like you said, Deadshot is awesome. They're making a Suicide Squad 2, and they're keeping Harley Quinn, they're keeping Captain Boomerang, they're keeping Rick Flagg. Um, they're keeping... Uh, I don't mind Joel Kinnaman, I just hope they do more with his character in this one and decide if he's the moral compass or cool with Viola Davis blasting innocence. Right. Make a decision. Right. Triangle, bitch. Anyways, uh, which we'll get to that. But uh, And they're bringing... Uh, Idris Elba's going to be in it, but I don't know as who yet. I was hoping they'd bring back Will Smith, but he's not coming back. Yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't want to come back. I wouldn't blame him. You know what I mean? But Harley Quinn, this sound clip here, clip number five, is an example of that kernel of brilliance that then would become the full feast that is Birds of Prey. Huh? What was that? I should kill everyone and escape? <laughs> Sorry. The voices. <laughs> I'm kidding. Jeez. That's not what they really said. <laughs> I love that. That's not what they really said. And they and the, the problem with this movie is they never clearly define if she's actually insane. They just tell you she is. Right. And moments like that, you're like, is she just messing with them or what? But in Birds of Prey, they clearly define she's nuts because of what the Joker did to her. Uh-huh. Because he electroshock therapied her. He got her involved with him in a, in a very toxic relationship. Literally, he made her jump in acid for him. Yep. Which that sequence... Is gorgeous when he pulls yeah. her out of there, and there's all that paint and every like all the colors, and the like flashback to her in her Batman the Animated Series outfit is really cool. So there's moments in here I'm like, ah, which part of it isn't the director's fault. From what stories around the time said, is that he had an entirely different script, and then like had six weeks to rewrite it or less because they were like, oh, that's too close to something we're doing in Justice League. Which the irony is then whatever that something was <laughs> got, got, cut out. got scrapped <laughs> yeah. for Justice League too. Wait, I do want to say something before yeah. I forget, and we're about to be running short on time. So yeah. I want to make sure that I say this. When they're fighting the the brother witch <laughs> and and Diablo like tries to get him with fire and can't do it, and then Will Smith goes at him with guns and can't do it. 
And then Harley Quinn goes at him with a baseball bat. It's like, yeah. like maybe yeah. just save your strength. You know what I mean? Like, it's not going to work out for you. I know. They're so unmatched. And uh, real quick, before we get into Triangle, the whole idea of El Diablo, I get that they were trying to make this tragic uh, villain that he ended up killing his own, his own family, his wife and two kids, yeah. because he got mad and he couldn't control his powers. That's tragic. But then they make the most boring decision after that, where the whole movie is like, no, I'm not going to fight. I'm not going to fight. And he really only uses his powers twice in the entire film. Mm-hmm. And then he's dead. And that's it. There's no catharsis when he dies, because you haven't really... You've been told to care, but you don't. But it also takes some of the impact out of it when because it's twice. If it had only been once yeah. at the end, then okay. Yeah. But he does it to get them out of a jam, like a regular jam yeah. the first time. That makes sense. And so it's like, okay, so then he's just Diablo but again. But they up it because then somehow he becomes this giant fire god creature. His skin all peels off, and he's this skeleton fire god creature who fights the brother god. And then again, they're both blown up and die. A man made of fire dies from an explosion. Yeah. It, How well, does that make sense? I don't know. But it, That's like Iceman freezing to death. Right. Exactly. Exactly. But like or I Mr. said, Mr. Freeze getting hypothermia. <laughs> like, like I said earlier, they also position him to be like this huge anomaly. But like there's mysticism going on yeah. in your yeah. immediate present. And yep. you're also fighting with an alligator guy. So like what? What is special about the guy who can shoot fire? I have no idea. When you guys all have guns, I don't. I truly don't understand. Let's it. do one of my favorite uh, lines from uh, Will Smith. Even though I only understand the Phil Jackson comment, I don't understand Triangle, bitch. I'll but I, it but I loved it. Yeah. You might want to work on your team motivation thing. You heard of Phil Jackson? Yeah. He's like the gold standard. Okay. Triangle, bitch. Uh, the offense that Phil Jackson famously used in uh, with the Bulls and the Lakers was uh, called the Triangle. Ah! And it's the only team that ever used it. There we go. So there you go. Uh, this is another moment of Harley Quinn that I love where just randomly they're walking along. They're in this city filled with these bumpy mushroom faces. And uh, she decides she wants a purse out of a window. So she smashes it with a baseball bat and grabs it. Clip number seven. What the hell's wrong with you people? We're bad guys. It's what we do. I like that. Again, though, she's so fun and bubbly, and the movie's so, like, you know, that it doesn't match. Right, yeah. Birds of prey. That's all I can say. Um, This is one of my most hated lines. Mm. Killer Croc looks really cool, but he's literally only there to say things like clip number eight. Not me, shorty. That's the that's the amount of depth he has in the movie. It's just random one-liners, cool, and eating I'm things do it again. Yeah, well, and they also like this is part of the unevenness of this movie is they're disgusted by him, and then he says, "I'm beautiful," and Harley Quinn goes, "Ooh, yeah, yeah, it's you like, are." It's what? Like, I guess he what? likes confident crocodile. Men? What just happened? Yeah, why are they weirded up by anything? They're walking around with a human crocodile. Ryan, do we have any time left other than that 40 seconds? We'll work on it. Okay, but... we'll work on it. <laughs> so uh, let's do, uh, this is, uh, so basically what we've missed is there's several shootouts with these creatures that just explode on impact. They look like bubble faces. Pop, pop. Pop, 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 pop. They blow up. 
And and there's some decent action in there, and then there's some cutty action where you can't see anything. Mm-hmm. But there's a cool fight in an office building where Har- or in an elevator where Harley couldn't bust the hell out of some bubble faces with a baseball bat. We talk about Deadshot blasting away on top of the police car, and all the soldiers just stop and watch him because he's so badass. Yeah. So there's some decent action in the second half. The problem is there's no stakes for any of it because they're fighting faceless things that we don't even understand what they are. Yep. And they're going up against a, 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 a weird enchantress enemy that was one of theirs, and we don't understand the mythology there. Yep. And then we get to this sky beam in the sky showdown where you said they use all the their weapons are horribly outmatched. And uh, this is another Will Smith gem. I tell you, he and Harley Quinn saved this movie. Clip number nine. That's your old lady, huh? Uh, uh, you need to handle this shit. I get up there, smack on her ass, <laughs> tell her knock this shit off. <laughs> Can you imagine if that... I want to see the other cut where he tries that. It's not going to... Even as a... I know, you know, oh, we're man. quippy right there, but... Give us the Will Smith Deadshot movie. <laughs> yes, please. You cowards. You cowards. Uh, and this isn't just one example of a thousand. And it's nothing against the actress, Cara, Cara Delevingne, I think is her name. Mm-hmm. How you say it? Um, it's nothing against her. She's just given nothing to do other than hula hoop in front of a green screen and say shit like clip number 10. Of all who have faced me, you have earned mercy. For the last time, join me or die. Why have they earned mercy? Who else have you faced? We know nothing about you. They should have been like, you know what? We've actually got a pretty cool thing going here. If you want to be part of the Suicide Squad, you're also a bad guy. You were. Yeah, so why don't you just come on over to our side? We can kick it. You'll you'll have to go to jail, but you can get out. By the way, the sky beam is blasting apart aircraft carriers and like buildings and stuff, like causing thousands and thousands of people to die. And the only time the police help is when they shoot down the Joker's That's it. Plane. That's it. And then they like go away. <laughs> so Jesse, on a scale of guilty, what what of the three guilties is this? Uh this is guilty but terrible. I'd say it's I would say unfortunately it's closer to guilty but terrible. If you can only if if you can watch it for Will Smith and Harley Quinn, they almost push it to a guilty pleasure. But because of the villain and the massive plot holes, it's but, guilty but terrible. But because you cannot do that. You can't do it. Because so it's guilty there but terrible. is other movie yeah. in there. There's, more, yeah. there's about an hour and yep. 45 minutes mm-hmm. of other movie. Yep. All right. That's all the time we have this week for this guilty but terrible film. Uh, give us your suggestions for next week. We're thinking of doing uh, maybe a romantic comedy uh, since it's the month of February, the month of love. Um, and also make sure you review us on iTunes, on YouTube, like us, follow us at Guilty Movie Guys. Until next time, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Too Much Jesse and for Sketch at The Prom Losers. You can find me at The Ben Begley, and I promise you we'll put some reviews up on at Real Parent Reviews. Got so just... a really good iTunes review this week. We hey, did, we yeah, did. Thank we you so a, much for that. Yeah, we got a great iTunes review. That really helps. So every review counts. Until next time, what is your Guilty Movie Pleasure? Producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network. We would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.